welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel and I missed um, uh, putting out a couple episodes because I was in Amsterdam in the Netherlands teaching um, a group of acupuncturists, uh, motor point acupuncture. We were focusing on the lumbopelvic hip complex and, and the lower extremity. <clears throat> and um, it made me um, think about um, the core stabilizing uh, that's necessary to avoid chronic pain. Um, a, a lot of your acute injuries, you really don't need to focus a whole lot on core stabilization as long as you've got good pelvic stabilization or, or shoulder girdle stabilization. A lot of acute injuries are really something more due to that uh, pelvic stability or shoulder um, stability. But you get your chronic patients that are not responding as well as you would want them to uh, for a more basic treatment. And sometimes what it will come down to is the um, breathing mechanics. Um, so in in the seminar we were doing, I, I was teaching about the intrinsic stabilization subsystem. And that's just a fancy way to talk about core stability. But your body needs a way to stabilize the spine and the, and the trunk. And we have all these feed-forward mechanisms like the abdominals and the pelvic floor that will contract in just milliseconds before we do something. We're unaware of that. It's all done at a subconscious level. And all of this, all this stabilization is done at a subconscious level. But if you have pain and you, you've adapted to pain and instability with a, a different pattern, a compensation pattern, you're, you're doing that at a subconscious level. So treating somebody um, and then not having them not get better can sometimes and very often for chronic pain patients, um, it can be due to that um, learned compensation that needs, which would need to be addressed, which is why PT or physio, physiotherapy, whatever you call it in your country, is so important for chronic um, pain because once we start correcting the, the muscle imbalances, and getting things moving right, the person actually needs to relearn the correct way to move and stabilize. And so some some of that is done, like Vladimir Yanda would, would start with the um, with correcting the periphery. So you correct things that are causing pain and problems, upper cross syndrome, lower cross syndrome. Then you come to the core stabilization, and that's where the work really begins. You get them out of pain, and then you teach them how to properly core stabilize. And it starts with really basic things um, with just feet, you know, at the width of, of the shoulders and then 
maybe changing, um, uh, shifting weight, um, closing the eyes so that you can't use your eyes for balance. You have to use your proprioception. Um, lots of things like that to retrain the sensory motor system and, and, and um, help to relearn the correct way to stabilize. One of the important parts of that, or really the, the key to that core stabilization is breathing mechanics. And in orthopedic acupuncture, we don't always talk about breathing mechanics as, as really a part of the, the solution. But you know, when you've got tough cases, maybe a pelvic floor um, patient, you've got somebody chronic back pain, um, that's not getting better just by releasing those muscles, then this is where we need to go. We need to really start correcting breathing mechanics. And just the, one, of, one example of how um, hip back problems can come from breathing mechanics, we know from uh, the Prague School, um, Kolar, Pavel Kolar, um, he's a physiotherapist and, and um, got a PhD, and he, he learned from Carl Levitt and Vladimir Yanda and some others at Prague School, and he developed a system called DNS, which I, I believe is dynamic neuromuscular um, stabilization, I think. Um, definitely worth looking into. I did some of their online courses about breathing mechanics, and really interesting takeaway that I got from it was that when we breathe, our, our ribs need to elevate in front, side, and back, not just in the front. And those hoops of the, of the ribs are being lifted by intercostals. And then we also have the abdominals that are helping. But if you think of a sphere, you have your diaphragm on top, you have your abdominals and the, and the lumbar, lumbar, um, the thoracolumbar fascia in the back, the abdominal fascia in the front that helps stabilize. Um, so you don't rip your muscles when you're when you're exerting yourself. You have the abs, you have the the spinal erectors, and you have the pelvic floor. Um, the pelvic floor is part of breathing mechanics. So you know, if we didn't have strong pelvic floor muscles, we would we would urinate or worse uh, when we exercise. We need to hold those muscles tight. That's part of our core stabilization. So you have the the diaphragm above, and you have the pelvic floor below. And abs around the outside and the fascia in front and back and that's really helping us stabilize so when we breathe we need the hoops of our ribs to elevate and and our abs to expand out and in back our our low back should expand when we breathe most of us have an adapted breathing pattern partially due to things like the lower cross syndrome where our where our our pelvis is in, in an anterior pelvic tilt, and that's going to affect our breathing. You have the quadratus lumborum, which which attaches to the lower ribs and then the top of the pelvis. And if that's starting to get tight, which it will on many of us because we all are prone to um, some level of the lower cross syndrome, uh, when that's tight, it's pulling down on the ribs. So you can imagine if you have this force pulling down on the back of your ribs, when you breathe, you're going to start having a more vertical breathing pattern because the, the ribs in front will elevate, but the ribs in back won't elevate. So you have what's called vertical breathing. We want horizontal expansion, and, and we end up with vertical breathing. And that vertical breathing then 
gets assisted by neck muscles like the LCM and the scalenes. Those muscles start to, to help us breathe. Um, and of course, those are prone to getting tight as well. So you imagine you have those neck muscles getting tight, pulling up on the ribs. Now it's hard to breathe out. It's hard to breathe in, hard to breathe out. We start using more of our back to create the elevation, that vertical breathing that we've adapted to. And we start basically arching our back. Just really, we don't notice it, but we're breathing and using some of our spinal erectors to help us elevate our ribs. And that can cause the psoas to get overused. The psoas attached to the front of the lumbar spine and it, and it connects to the diaphragm somewhere around L2 area. When they do um, cadaver studies, they cannot separate the uh, psoas from the diaphragm at that level around L2. It's, they're indistinguishable. It's just large part of just muscle and fascia all attached there. So they're not really separate at that point. So you can imagine that a tight psoas can affect your diaphragm, but a diaphragm that's not, that's not moving correctly can be assisted by the psoas. So now you have this adapted breathing pattern that you're not aware of. It's at a subconscious level that's using your psoas to help breathe when you should be expanding out, but you're doing vertical breathing and you have your psoas involved. So can you see how uh, an adapted breathing pattern can start to cause low back pain because a short psoas pulls on the lumbar spine, pulls it forward. You get that pain at like L4, L5. If you've been sitting a long time and your psoas is short, when you stand up, you feel like you're you're bent over like an old person until you walk for a few feet and then you can stand up straight. That's your psoas being tight. So imagine how a chronic back pain patient could have that impact from a bad breathing mechanics. So maybe you're fixing all that tension in the psoas and the QL and the spinal erectors, getting their abs firing right. Everything should be good. And then it keeps coming back. Maybe they ha they've adapted to that lower cross syndrome and they breathe vertically. Drawing someone's attention to breathing mechanics can help to break the cycle. And, and they could do this on their own if you give them the right help. I, I point people to Dana Santis videos, The Breathing Bridge, look on YouTube for it. She's brilliant. She does a lot of um, work with pro athletes on breathing mechanics to help free up their hips and their shoulders. Um, so, you know, you can, you can, this is something someone can do for free. They don't have to have expensive uh, physiotherapy or, or, you know, even health insurance. They just need to pay attention to their breathing mechanics, follow someone like Dana Santis, and and really pra uh, practice this breathing for at least six weeks, if not eight weeks. You need, in order to retrain the subconscious, you need at least six to eight weeks. Most physiotherapy is at least six to eight weeks because you cannot break a learned movement pattern, a compensation pattern that's causing pain in shorter than six or eight weeks, retraining the brain, the subconscious. We do, we do things consciously for six to eight weeks and the body starts to take it as a new pattern, a way to move that we no longer need conscious effort to maintain. So um, I'm just putting it out there. When you got pelvic floor people, think about breathing mechanics. When you have 
low back pain and hip pain patients that aren't getting better just by treating those muscles and getting them stretched out. Um, think about breathing mechanics. Can definitely be the underlying core issue. And like Yonda says, you know, treat the periphery first, then work with the core. So you really do need to get the person out of pain, get them out of their their um, instabilities that are leading to their, um, let's say, hip or knee or back pain. You really want to help them get out of that pain. If it's not holding, then you have to start thinking about core stabilization. And that's going to be your chronic pain patients, not so much your your acute injury um, athletes from CrossFit gym, et cetera. They're, they're, they're good at stabilizing. They've got their core. They've got all of that stabilization. It's usually someone older who has had maybe surgeries, things that have thrown off their proprioception, started to cause them to move in a different way and even breathe in a different way. Um, so that's my, um, that's my two cents for this week. Um, if you want to be in touch, uh, look for me on Rich Hazel on Instagram, and um, I've just updated my webpage to be focused more on online training and, and live courses. You can find that richhazel.com, and then the Podia courses are, you can get from there, but that's richardhazel.podia.com. All right, have a great week. I will talk to you soon.